1: Webcology is the show that takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
0: Everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 8th of November, 2012. The election's over. We uh, Facebook is a friendly place to go again. Um, the sun is still shining. The sky didn't fall. The world stock market still exists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Dave, how you doing? Welcome to the new reality.
2: Yeah, same as the old reality.
0: <laughs> without all the annoying advertisements
2: that's right um so yeah i mean it's uh you know it's i would say a brave new world not really it's uh you know watch <laughs> it's it's given us some sort of fodder on on things to talk about and certainly been something uh you know i've been interested in much to my uh, children's chagrin during each debate and everything going yeah tv is uh focused tonight kids <laughs> But, uh, Dad, yeah, you're watching TV. Ew. yeah. <laughs> this isn't even. You're, we're we're in Canada. This isn't even our. <laughs> they're on. Um, so yeah, just uh, upgraded. I mean, of course, it was really really interesting to watch some of the um, the referendums. Were interesting to see uh, to see the results of. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, in, in some ways, no matter which party. Um, just because I'm not I'm not going to get partisan here, but I think uh, you know overall. Um, having this, uh, the second term, um, regardless of party, has got to be a, a huge thing, I think hugely beneficial. And one of the things I, I'm, I'm looking at just, you know, and again, this is no matter which party you're supporting, um, you look at what happens during the end of a first term, the last like year and a half, you're basically campaigning. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you get this second term. Great. You know what you get? You get a president who can actually work for all four years because it's going to be somebody else's job to do the campaigning for the last year and a half. I mean, you know, of course, they've got to do the support and stuff like that or, or whatever, but it'll be Hillary or whoever's job it is to campaign the last year and a half to, to try mm-hmm. and be president. And, and Obama will get a chance to actually put in four years of, of work. one of the cool
0: things. Trump. I hope Obama's expecting this to come at him because he better be. We've spent the last four years pussyfooting around the idea of a second term, mm-hmm. and there is no third term. That's not going right. to happen. So there ain't no more pussyfooting either. Um, there are some very real things that are, are needed. they, they got to get done, and some of them mm-hmm. liberals want, some of them liberals don't want, and they both still got to get done. Debt ceiling, got to get dealt with. Got to, got to, got to get dealt with. Um, But our show today actually is about several internet issues, the environment around in which we work that are bound to come up. And, you know, Dave, over the last few years, we, the internet industry, have dodged too many bullets to not be prepared for the ones that are coming at us. Mm Mm-hmm. Later in the show, when we're when we're done talking about news, after our first break, we have uh, we have two guests coming on. We have Michelle Stinson Ross, a uh, owner of Firestarter Media and um, writer for Search Engine Journal and and, and a speaker at SMX. Uh, she wrote an article the other day outlining several issues that are bound to come up uh, in the next four years, um, all surrounding the internet. And again, if you, you all remember the SOPA and the PIPA bullets that we dodged, well, there was a big scramble. Just as these bills were, coming, were, 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 were working their way through various committees or into the house of geeks, you know, it was like a last minute. We've got to fight to save this environment. Well, maybe if we talk about it beforehand and actually understand the environment, it won't be such a panic next time this stuff comes up.
2: That's my come up with the unified stand. No, you're, you're right, going in with an educated um, and informed uh, opinion. And, I mean, I, I think something that's important, and we can discuss this with, uh, with Michelle and Chris later, um, is us understanding, and it's the same thing we're going to be asking of the, of the president the Congress uh, and the Senate here, is us understanding what's at stake for the other party and going, we understand. <laughs> we understand this can't just be the Wild West, but here's what we need. Um here's our concerns. Here's your yeah, concerns. All right. Yeah. How do we really address this?
0: So we want to touch that. So again, we have the, the author of this article, Michelle Senson Ross, and we also have Chris Bogues from uh from Sempo. If there's anything close to industry representation, um Sempo's probably as close as, as we in the search marketing side of the industry get. Mm-hmm. Um so and Chris is, you know, heavily involved in the issue, studies this studies this stuff. He, he lives and breathes this stuff. So that's coming up after the break. Um we do gotta talk about the uh the election. It's it it is the elephant in the room or <laughs> the elephant that's not in the <laughs> room. <form>. I <laughs> <laughs> so well had to draw that one. <laughs> Some interesting things came out besides the presidential election. There was also um, you know, the House of Representatives was up. Um, senators were up. And uh, here's a really cool thing. Remember Todd Akin? Oh, yeah. Republican <laughs> Representative Todd Akin, the guy who you know said that women's bodies have ways of shutting this stuff down in cases of legitimate rape. He was sitting on the U.S. House Science Committee. Now – the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology, they uh, they oversee policy for NASA, for the Department of Energy, um, and for several other U.S. government science agencies. It's a kind of important committee. Well, following the election, a number of the... For want of a kinder or, a, or, or yeah, for want of a better way to describe a number of the flat earthers from the Republican Party who had been sitting on that panel, they lost their election. So Roscoe Bartlett, Judy Biggert, that's really her name, I'm not making this up, Todd Akin, Sandy Adams, Benjamin Quayle, and Chip Kravick, these were all Flat earthers, people who didn't really believe in science but sat on the science committee anyway, they're gone. These were like um who don't muck up important debates such as, you know, the, the global warming and how we're going to build a bigger, stronger, faster internet. So that's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing. The uh I, I'm I'm quite pleased about that. I, I don't care which party representatives are from. I just care that they actually believe in fact and science.
2: If that's the industry that you are set to 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 preside over and, and legislate on, um yeah, I don't think there's there's much debate that uh yes, the 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 head of of science, you know, and, and technology should probably, um, yeah, be somebody who believes in the, the scientific um, explanation of the origin of the universe and 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 what needs to be done. Um, so yes, I, I think that's a that's a good move. But you know, we're 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 heading into theology here. <laughs> so let's hear just. I want to jump
0: subjects really quickly I just, I just got to tell you I'm pleased that the uh, science committee is changing. Mhm. You know who else? Won, you know who else won the election the other night? Who? The l- now legendary pollster Nate Silver. Now, baseball fans will remember Nate Silver from the time that he reorganized the Oakland A's. Remember this remember the TV, the uh, movie Moneyball? That's Nate Silver. Yep. Nate Silver now works with the New York Times, um, crunching numbers. And uh, in 2008, he correctly predicted 49 of 50 of 50 states in the in the 2008 election. In the 2012 election, he nailed 50 for 50. So, you know, many people were seeing this as a referendum on Nate Silver and his analytic methods. Is he gonna do well the selection? Is he not gonna do well? He did great, and so now there's a hilarious uh, Twitter meme going around called the Drunk Nate Silver game, in which uh, you know people who are who are participating in it they try to imagine what Nate Silver is doing because I mean, clearly the guy is drunk drunk on. Uh, uh, if I were him, I'd have, I'd have had a big stiff drink on Tuesday. I'd have just kept on drinking in celebration. So you know we got we got tweets like. Drunk Nate Silver is riding the subway telling strangers the day they will die. Drunk Nate Silver is predicting the shape of every snowflake falling in the New York region today. Drunk Nate Silver is strolling around a casino in Vegas whispering, You're on a roll, in strangers' ears. (laughs) And the, the best of all... Drunk Nate Silver doing a 3 a.m. webinar for his ex with charts and graphs that should finally make it all clear. <laughs> anyway, geeks, uh, I would like, I, I, you know, Nate Silver's a geek, and uh, geeks certainly. Analytics uh, drove the ground game of the election. You know, I, I, I read this – I can't remember where I read this, but um, it, might have been, it might have been in the Atlantic. But um, apparently Obama's team had split the electorate into fine micro-segments and were able to out-distance the GOP on the ground by knowing exactly who to pick up when to get them to the polls um analytics won this election as mu- as you know as much as um as issues won the election or as people's feelings about different candidates won the election i believe analytics won this election
2: yeah, well, and, and you know what, we see that in, in every election, right? I mean, and of course, as 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 our listeners, it and it's interesting because you and I were, you know, we both live in Canada, so as so you get that outsider's view where the analytics are almost the most interesting thing to watch. I mean, of course, there's an invested interest, and you know, I you know. We all do have our political leanings, but it is interesting when you're watching somebody else's election, but it is something that we have definitely seen and, and, you know, maybe something that in this case, um, the Republicans should uh, should pay attention to, because I know up here in Canada as well, and I assume that, you know, probably over in the UK, it'd be the Labour Party. um, It does tend to be. Um, the more left, um, you know, that we consider as holds grassroots, they are outstanding at the ground game and the analytics. I know it's the the NDP up here is that's their strong suit as well. Um, and again, I would assume the Labour Party over over in the UK um, is that that is the strength um, of of. Of specific, and it's usually one party that's exceptional at it is understanding who it is that they can get to vote, what the timing is. Like basically, the one that has you know in in a lot of cases less money to work with has to be awesome at that because that's what yeah. you need to do. But you you tend to have more people available to you, more volunteers and stuff, and then less capital to to burn. So um, you lean on people rather than uh, rather than resources um, or or money. So. It is interesting and, and definitely something that they need to uh, you know that other parties need to need to take a look at because because like, I think you're right. especially in something this close, like in an election no, that of, close. Was speaking huge. of money, I mean I, I don't mean to sound crass here, but anybody who's
0: anyone who's in the analytics game today in web marketing mm-hmm. I'm telling you 2016 is coming sooner than you think, and' I'm polling and more importantly, analyzing data is a growth industry, and not just in politics. It's a growth industry across the board. I'm, I'm willing to bet. I'll, I'll put five Canadian dollars right, right, right here, right now, David, <laughs> that there's going to be management books in the next six months on management through analytics. And if you're involved in this already, friends, I mean, you've got to leg up. The web marketing and the, 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 the whole world of, of business and marketing is changing, um, changing rapidly this is definitely a business path that some of you ought to be looking at because mm-hmm. the, 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 the path is clear.
2: Yeah, and let's be honest. There's, there's some angles of analytics and, and data. Uh, um, and, and for those of our listeners who aren't amply familiar with analytics and data, well, you should be because you're listening to our show. Um, it's really, it's in some cases, the most interesting part of our job in a day. Um, is I mean, because it doesn't, I mean, well, I guess all data lies, but at least you understand how it's lying to you. Um, what data is there, what data is not, that sort of thing. So um, really, uh, you know, it, it's definitely, I think you're right, it is a growth area. Um, it is an area that all of us need to know. You need to be able to justify what you're worth in this increasingly competitive market space. Um, and it's just, it's just downright fun. <laughs> There's some fun stuff in there to do. Yep. Um, and you get to find out when your clients are lying to you. And that's always kind of interesting as well.
0: Um, oh, dude. Our clients, are, <laughs> I mean, like, they don't even mean to. I mean, they don't intend to. But I mean, like, they're almost always lying to
2: us. Oh, no, no. I know it's true. I, and, and there I'm referring to just for, for all, not all clients lie, not all the times that they know. But if the question is, oh, you've been penalized, did you um, ever hire an SEO in the past? <laughs> Oftentimes it'll be this. I don't even know what you're talking about. Analytics, my friends. <laughs> Analytics and numbers. Um, and that's where you'll figure that out. So, um, can you tell somebody is just doing a review on this area? <laughs> uh, oh, I wonder. I wonder. Um, all right, we've only got a couple minutes before we have to jump to commercial break. Any other big, uh, big news that uh, other than you know the the, the Google just go tumbling? God, um, in that's the, UK the one. market? I don't know if this is
0: big news or not, but oh my goodness! You mean like only 8.7 percent of searches? I'm sorry, 87 percent of searches are so Google has gone below 90 percent of uh, search market share in the UK. That must have them shaking in their shaking in their London in their London Street boots.
3: Yeah,
2: I find that kind of funny. I mean, you know, at the same time, like in 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 the article, it's over on Search Engine Watch. For anybody who wants more details on it, it does know, you know they're probably not nervous. You know, would you be? I, I I, mean, yeah, that's a lot, but what's going on? Like, where is it that Bing specifically is gaining their market share? Because you know the folks over at Bing, like you would and I would, you would go, I just gained a percent. I need to focus, right? That thing, I need to keep doing that over and over and over again. It, it's a funny thing because it, it sounds humorous because it's, you know, they drop below 90, this is nothing, but you get a wedge in there, and it's not to say, you know, gee, Google's going to go tumbling down. But if all of a sudden it's Google at the same market share they have in the States, and they, they're still dominant. Don't get me wrong, but that's a lot of market share in that market.
0: I'm oh, um, just going to slap the back of my head for this, but I've got to tell you, Dave, you know, you know why I think this is happening? Because this is, this is a, a, a sign that England is relaxing its social morals. That's what I think. Because you know, you know what it is to Bing somebody when you're in England, right? Yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So um so you know, people are more comfortable typing big in now. I'm um, go porn. <laughs> okay, I just made all of that up. Sorry, Dwayne. Um don't even think. Um I I you know what I think I think it's just people know there's other options out there and these this is Google always has to up its game always has to present um, better and better and better results or better sets of results or better ways to attract people's eyeballs to the screen because they're always going to face attrition when people start trying other stuff. Yep. That's the problem with Bing. Well, and that's one. it.
2: And, and Bing is a pretty solid engine. <laughs> it is actually pretty good. And one of the things, if I was Google, that I'd be worried about is one of the things they bring up is you know it is a default in Windows 8, well, if they're providing a decent search experience and they're the default in Windows 8, and that's where this game went, uh, that Bing got, well, most people haven't upgraded yet. So if Bing can provide a good result here and everybody's kind of trying it because it's the default there, well, you know, we as, go- as everybody starts migrating, you could have a problem.
0: we got to go to a break in a sec, Dave, but that's a great point you just made. We are certainly going to see a bump for Bing in the, uh, in the coming quarter. And that's may well be because of the introduction of the new Windows operating of the new operating system. <laughs> I'm getting my knuckles wrapped or something. Uh, check the behind Bing segment of SEO Rockstars. It actually, it just happened this past Tuesday. So go back into the archives. Check out Tuesday the sixth, um, November the sixth. SEO Rockstars and Dwayne's going to be part of the SEO Rockstars every week, but he took us uh, back behind the veil at, at Bing. That's probably, probably worth a listen. Anyway, speaking of worth a listen, we have Michelle Stinson-Ross from Search Engine Journal and a speaker at SMX coming up after this break, along with Chris Bogues from Sempo. We're going to be talking about issues that the administration is likely to face over the next four years when it comes to the Internet. Friends, just seem to Webcology here on Webmaster.FM On behalf of Dave Davies from Like SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stay tuned. Back in a few minutes
1: Ses Chicago 2012 returns to the Hyatt Regency in Chicago, November 12th to the 16th. Experience three days of breakout sessions, meet the expert roundtables, workshops, on-site training from the ClickZ Academy, and more. Join us for SES Chicago 2012, November 12th to the 16th. Log on to SESconference.com and register today. That's SESconference.com
2: Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. E-Brands Premium
1: Facebook apps and welcome page creators. E-Brands Twitter management app, analytics and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let E-Brands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have
2: great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call
1: 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to for Moby Mantis. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And Dave and I are joined by um, Chris Bogues from Sempo and Rosetta. And also... By Michelle Stinson-Ross, a uh, writer for Search Engine Journal and a speaker at uh, Search Marketing Expo. Um, Michelle and uh, Chris, welcome to Webcology. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, the election's over. We... Anyone who follows up, any of us on Facebook or has listened to this radio show or read our writing or whatever they, they 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 know our politics. They know our politics to death. Let's not go there. Let's try to take as nonpartisan a view as possible about you know several important um, internet environment issues that are that they're going to come up in the next few years. And um, as, as I said earlier in the show. I feel like we dodged a couple of massive bullets in the last few years as the the Internet, as the web worker community. This is our environment. This is where we work. And what happens on the Hill in the next four years is going to have a direct influence over where we work. Now, Michelle, on Wednesday morning, you wrote, you wrote a great article in the Search Engine Journal outlining six or seven major headings that that are are likely to come up, and if if you don't mind, I'm just going to read through them, and then one by one, I want to talk about them. Sure. The first thing you mentioned was the National Broadband Plan. Then there's Net Neutrality, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math Education, SOPA, and PIPA, Government Investment in the Tech Industry, the Startup Mm 2.0 Act, and Ongoing Cybersecurity. Now, these are all issues that, in one way or another, affect how the internet works and how we work on the internet. Um, not exactly sure where to dive in here, but of any of the issues that were mentioned or others that weren't mentioned, can either of you think of uh, you know order of importance or what the government should be dealing with? Please Chris, you going
3: to take a. S- ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you go ahead and, and, and go ahead and order these in importance. I have a couple other ones, too, that I want to talk about. But uh, I think this is a great list, by the way. Great article.
4: Thank you. Uh, net neutrality actually would have to be at the top of my list. Uh, the National Broadband Plan kind of dovetails with that. Um, but even net neutrality speaks to SOPA and PIPA and a bit to cybersecurity. So that kind of rises to the top of my priority list, personally.
3: Okay,
0: uh, Chris, what were the ones that you would have thrown onto the list?
3: Well, first of all, I think that the uh, uh, there's an uh, interesting article that I read just recently uh, at Computer World about uh, uh, tech immigration, so bringing in... Are, are changing some immigration laws, uh, in relation to, uh, bringing in high tech people. I, I happen to be in Cleveland, uh, you know, this is an area where, uh, one of the sort of the current uh, renaissance tor- sort of activities going on in Cleveland is, is, uh, luring people from, uh, across the globe to come and act as, uh, you know, for the, Cle- work with the Cleveland Clinic or university hospitals. There's a lot of, uh... medical sort of immigration going on and i think that um as, as we continue to do uh... more and more um you know, innovation here in the U S we're going to need more and more people that we're pulling from the outside of the U S. So, uh, I think immigration as a broader topic is obviously going to be big for president Obama. I think that this could become, uh, one of the, uh, the flash points as well, uh, is, is around specifically, uh, immigration for technology, uh, you know, savvy individuals. Okay.
0: That's that, 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 that definitely one that's near and dear to my heart. um,
4: well, and Startup Two Point does speak a little bit to that. Not entire; it doesn't entirely cover everything that Chris just mentioned. But Startup Two Point does speak to yep. some of the Im- immigration issues.
3: Certainly. Well, and then the you- other one was the, uh, the, the just the uh, just bra- keeping technology and the manufacturing, as it were, of technology and software. Uh, within the US as opposed to consistently shipping stuff out to China not that there's anything wrong with China. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's uh let's put jobs
0: towards the uh second part of the show cuz I I think a lot of the stuff we're going to touch on will all have a job angle. Um and as as, as Michelle noted, Startup 2.0 definitely has an immigration angle. Um <laughs> I I would like to start with um looking at net neutrality and the National Broadband Plan. Um, Michelle, what is the National Broadband Plan?
4: Uh, the National Broadband Plan, basically in a nutshell, is getting broadband access across the U.S., particularly to low-income and in rural areas. There are still a large chunks of the U.S. that do not have broadband access. It's either um, dial-up, or maybe you might be able to get satellite service. But as far as, you know, good cable broadband, they don't have it.
0: Okay. So now you're talking about areas that are larger than, say, a community of 20 people.
4: Oh, yeah. Um, even in urban areas, I, I've been talking to a lot of people in Kansas City about the Google Fiber Project. One of the things that came out of getting that going was the aha moment that there are lots of segments even within urban Kansas City that don't have broadband.
0: So what is the federal government what can it do to help promote broadband penetration across across the
3: entire Union?
4: Chris, you want to take a stab at some of this? I feel like I'm talking all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's fine. It's your article, so you got to defend it. <laughs> just I,
4: uh,
3: no, no, no. I I think that this is great. I mean, it's somewhat of a noble cause. I think, uh, but it's very important for us to continue to grow and to be able to enable uh, maybe people that want to start a smaller business in a more remote or rural area to be able to compete uh, with everyone else. Right? If if you don't have broadband. Uh, you know, you're going to be banging your head against the wall a la AOL style. We know that. But you're also going to be falling behind. Uh, and, 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 and frankly, uh, you will be, uh, you know, at, at a disadvantage when it comes to uh, being able to compete as a business. So uh, I think just for that alone uh, is a big reason. I mean, obviously, there's the noble reason as well. And uh, just to share with across that's that's the way I look at it.
0: In the uh, early '50s, um, Eisenhower had the national highway plan, or the national national highway building, and that was that was critically important for America's economy at the time. Chris, would you say that national broadband is as important?
3: Well, I think that the highway thing also came out of trying to just spur jobs out of the uh, um, Great Recession. If I'm if I'm if I'm right. Uh, and that was one of the original reasons that it was done prior to the 1950s. Uh, but I, I would say that there's a good parallel there. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, making uh, the the ability for people to connect uh, via land. Uh, this is turning it into being able to connect at the same speed as others online. Well,
0: I don't think we can talk about a broadband plan or policy without. I mean, the obvious elephant in that room is net neutrality. If we're talking about government getting involved in bringing broadband across across the country, that moves into the realm of the telcos, moves into the realm of the ISPs, and the government is directly involved with the ISPs there, and that's got to bring up net neutrality.
4: Certainly it does.
0: Um. You know what? I cannot be nonpartisan on net neutrality. My views are really well-known. Dave, can you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I trying to say stuff that would be way inappropriate, Dave. Even you.
2: Yeah. Okay. that's that's, that's great. I mean, of course, I I was having to bite my tongue there a little bit on the uh, national broadband plan um, sort of side of things as well. I, it's not that I'm an evil person. I'm just a, a strong capitalist. Um, when we get into into something like, well, maybe if if we can discuss first, just just so our listeners all all know, because there's a lot of confusion that goes on. Um, about what is net neutrality. Do either one of you want to discuss sort of briefly, and, and it's noted in the article that there's some grey areas, what is the the overarching idea, and, you know, a sentence or two, I mean, you can go on for pages on this, but uh, of net neutrality, and what are some of the main grey areas um, that you think we're going to have to end up facing as, as we try and um, enact legislation in it? Then we can get into a discussion over whether we should have legislation in it, but uh, We'll, we'll, we'll cover that after. So what is it?
4: Well, net neutrality basically is a principle that government ought to be involved in keeping Internet service <clears throat> providers and stuff from restricting consumers' access to networks and participation in the Internet. Um, network neutrality has to do with preventing restriction from content, sites, platforms, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. Um, it is basically the idea that the internet needs to continue to be free and wide open.
2: Yeah. Okay. And you know what? That's that's a great and and a good summary because that's that's exactly what what both both sides. Sort of argue is is <laughs> it's just the the difference of opinion.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So, for but, example, like I think for a, a practical example, there would be let's say there's an ISP in Utah uh, that has decided that a particular kind of content uh, should not be allowed to be downloaded onto someone's laptop or uh, or uh, PC and thereby they're blocking uh, particular types of content. And you can take a guess as to what type of content it may be in Utah, right, or uh, in other areas. So uh, I think that that's a big one right there, is that it's, it's almost a block uh, of freedom of speech or even freedom of information.
4: Well, some of this also gets into what broadband service providers can block and, and you know, put behind some kind of, wall for bundling or value added services so that's that's definitely a concern here is is comcast allowed to slow peer-to-peer communication that's that's been a big debate around net neutrality
2: now one might might argue well i won't even say one i might argue <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, uh, just to call a spade a spade here um isn't, the, isn't there consumer protection in place already that's doing a fairly substantial job in, in protecting consumers and isn't there an argument that it's my network this is why we have a, a capitalist system this is why we have competition and if you're not happy with comcast switch um, and and then your your money is your vote and and they'll either have to follow suit or go bankrupt it, it, don't we have existing systems in place either inherent in a capitalist society or in the consumer protection acts um, that, that really protect us against uh, the kind of abuses that net neutrality proponents or, or supporters are, are trying to push for.
4: Mm, yes and no. I actually happen to be a Comcast customer, and I have the choice of either Comcast or um, DSL from AT&T. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really happy with either of my choices, but that's it. That's, that's my only choice is if I want high-speed internet at my place.
3: Yeah, I mean I think that we'd have to look to elsewhere. Um, you know, there's a bunch of laws that are in place in Europe. Um both at the EU level and at the um uh country level um or at least in on the way at, at the country level. Uh and and certainly we could look to Europe uh you know, they have their five directives uh that that they've uh um, sort of developed around uh, being a regulatory framework for electronic communication. So uh, that's, that's an area that we could certainly look at. as the U.S., we could look to um, overseas to see how they've handled it.
0: Okay. I, I, I am going to jump in, and I'm going to ask, um, uh, starting with Chris and then going to Michelle, is there a role for the U.S. government in net neutrality?
3: Well, I think it's more of a shepherd role, or it should be. Okay. Uh, Michelle?
4: I would have a tendency to do, to agree on that. Um, I know that as part of the um, auction off of a block of wireless spectrum by the FCC back a few years ago, Google actually got involved in saying, okay, promise us A, B, C, and D, and we'll bid on this. So... Yes, the government needs to be involved, but the wizards of smart also need to be involved.
3: <laughs> well, I think
2: that is a good point. And this, and this is a, a, and I think I, we can all agree, a fairly legitimate concern that I have on, on this one is we haven't had a, a huge amount of success any time we let the government start getting involved with legislating anything to do with technology. Um, <laughs> because we well, and that, that is it. I think, uh, Chris, to, to, to your original comment, Michelle, I think this is where we can all come together as, as a, a shepherd, perhaps, you know, sort of guiding Hey, um, Now, would this be something that you view as, hey, we need specific net neutrality legislation, or is it that this is really a consumer thing and we just need to, to enhance consumer protection um, to include technology?
3: yeah i mean i think that you know in terms of who is going to be the shepherd and and what that role is uh... i think that that's a good way to describe it i think that there's you know the fcc obviously comes to mind but i think the ftc um probably could stick its nose in it if it wanted to Um so you know in terms of which body would be involved with this i think that that would be one of the first questions and then and then uh, beyond that, um, you know, what kind of shepherding? Is it a shepherd with a electric prod? Or is it a shepherd that has uh, a nice, you know, old uh, staff and cane and, and uh, it takes it easy during the day?
4: Well, and the idea of shepherding kind of also leads us towards SOPA and PIPA. Once, once we get our brains wrapped around, okay, how do we deal with net neutrality? What do we do about, you know protection of copyrights and, and material like that.
0: And I really want to get to that. And I'm afraid we can't do that for a couple of minutes because <laughs> it is 20 to the hour here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. we got to take a break. That's just tyranny of time. But we're going to be coming back. We're going to be talking about SOPA and PEPA. We have on... One line, we have uh, Chris Bogues. On another line, we have Michelle Simpson-Ross. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Listen to Webcology on Webmaster Radio.fm. Stay tuned back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. will be back after this short break.
4: How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster
2: way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com.
0: Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
1: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
2: Rise links and web indexes.
1: Take a bow to the largest link map in the world.
2: to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king.
1: WebmasterRadio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
0: Bah, hubbuck. I can't believe this. I mean, it's not even dear Christmas, and I want to say, "Bah, bah." You know what? I just got quoted in Search Engine Watch like twice in the same article, and I didn't get a single link out of it. They linked to asshat SEOs, but they didn't give me a link for my quote. Oh, oh, it just, oh, it just hurts my, my, my. Just, you've broken my heart. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, now let's deal with something more serious than whether I get links for my quotes or not. Um, we're here with Michelle sinson Ross from uh, Search Engine Journal and Firestarter Media, and also from with Chris Bokes from Rosetta and Sempo. And oh, thanks, Chris. And um, we're talking about issues that are likely to come up in the next four years for the Obama administration around the Internet. And, you know, a little bit about what the issues are and maybe what, you know, we, the Internet community, would would, would hope they would do about them. And the next one on the uh, on the docket is a biggie. It's uh, one that scared the bejesus out of the Internet community uh, a year and a half ago. That's the Stop Online Piracy Act and the uh, Protect IP Act, SOPA and PIPA. And um, in 25 words or less on each, Michelle, if you could just give us a quick rundown. What were these two acts about?
4: Uh, The overarching thing on these two acts was to protect copyrighted material and stop online privacy. The problem with them was Mm -hmm. um, how SOPA and PIPA proposed we do that. And the idea was that we would block things entirely. Which yeah, no, is no, what made everybody ha- nervous. Yeah, both acts died. It's, it's,
0: it's important to note that a massive uprising of the internet community killed both of these acts. However, piracy is still a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a massive problem for content creators. People mm-hmm. who make stuff got to get paid for it.
4: Right. But- and there was another act put on the table that has not made its way through yet. And okay. that is the Online Protection and Enforcement of Digital Trade Act, or Open. Um, and it kind of addresses some of the problems that, that made SOPA and PIPA so nervous.
0: Okay, so well, SOPA and PIPA are probably not going to be coming up again. They're, they're probably dead. But Open is the, is it a child of uh, SOPA, PIPA, or is it a better compromise?
4: Uh, open it was an alternative. Um, posted by uh, Ron Wyden of Oregon and Representative Daryl Issa of California. Um, And the idea here being, rather than just block sites entirely, blocking IP addresses, that kind of stuff, that through the International Trade Commission, we'd look at actually dealing with transactions um, on sites that are supplying pirated content.
0: Now, by transactions, this would mean me subscribing as a member, or would this mean Google AdWords?
4: Uh, Google AdWords weren't specifically brought up, but they were definitely talking about um, monetary transactions, shutting down the cash flow to pirated pirate sites. Blah blah blah.
0: Okay, well, Chris, do you uh, do you know very much about Open? Um and, and its implications on the, on the web marketing community?
3: Uh, I unfortunately have not looked much into open yet. Um, it certainly is sort of the next step. Um, what concerns me is the same thing that concerned me with SOPA and PIPA, is that you have a bunch of shepherds trying to develop rules for uh, baking bread. Right. I mean, there's, it's something that they don't know about. Uh, and potentially, I mean, that's, I'm sure I could have come up with a much better analogy of that, but but the the bottom line is is that you you have the blind trying to lead the people that can see um, and and that 's a big problem, and that continues to be a problem because the government is either unwilling or unable to educate themselves well enough about the internet and the, and, and people 's use of the internet to be able to effectively create laws and and i haven 't again had a chance to read through this one uh from senator wyden and and isa uh but i would guess uh, being uh, usually i'm quite an optimist but uh whenever it's government related i tend to sh- switch over to more pessimism because i, I would guess that it's probably um, not going to be either complete or fully accurate as to how the internet landscape really is i don't know if you guys would agree that that's a, a likelihood or not
0: well, one thing, one, one thing I think that's, that's quite obvious. Um, I think your analogy, shepherds, uh, shepherds trying to uh, write a recipe for baking baking bread, was that it actually rocked. It totally worked, <laughs> um, and that was one of my big problems with attempts at legislation we've seen over the last four years, and 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 previous previous to the to the Obama administration as well. Um, I mean, we had Ted Stevens in charge of the House committee at one point, Mr. Mister um, Internet Full of Tubes and Trucks. So my, <laughs> question, my well, question is, how do we deal with this? These people are going to be making decisions around the environment we work in. I is think it incumbent ins- on us to, to educate them? And, and if so, how do we do that?
4: I think it is incumbent upon us to educate them because with SOPA and PIPA and now with um, Open on the Table – you have people like um, the film industry and the music industry, both of which supported the previous legislation, speaking into this process. We need to be involved in speaking into it as well, because the education that the congressmen and the senators are getting on the Hill is decidedly one-sided.
0: Well, okay, so I guess that brings up the, 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 the great Bell the Cat question. We all know we need to bell the cat. The question is, who bells the cat and how?
3: Dumbo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, mean, We're probably the closest, uh, you know, we're probably the closest existing entity uh, that may collectively, with its membership, have enough clout uh, to potentially influence it. Uh, I think that uh, there's plenty of amazing writers out there. There's plenty of amazing practitioners. Uh, but without there being some sort of a, uh, an organization, I think that it's gonna, it, and, and the problem is too is that the government will also look at SEMPO like, well, they're, you know, they're made up of individuals that are within agencies or have their own consultancies, so they will be biased, right? So uh, inherently, SEMPO is gonna be looked at slightly, uh, potentially askew by the government anyway. Uh, but to me, if if you're asking an open question as to who it should be, obviously as chairman of Sempo, I'm going to have to say Sempo. Now, I, I don't well, think that that's, the, that's the end-all answer, but uh, I'm going to throw that one out there as a
0: potential. And I am so glad you opened that door, Chris. I was hoping to hear you say that. My next question to you
3: is what are you guys going to do about it? How are you going to do it? Well, I put a link into... Um, um, the chat room, and obviously, if you're not listening on the eighth of November, that's going to be useless to you. But uh, we did actually, uh, we did actually put together two different messages, uh, one to the House of Representatives and one to the Senate, in relation to SOPA and PIPA, uh, that received a lot of great feedback from our membership. And it was actually these letters were generated as a result of our membership speaking out against them. Uh, we felt that this was a good opportunity. Uh, to do that. Now, just recently, SEMPO also sent a letter to the FTC and saying that we would like to help them, uh, when they reconsider their guidelines, uh, for full disclosure within search engine results, right? So, we are trying, we're trying to become a voice, uh, because frankly, I've also had conversations with university professors that do some fascinating studies and research and so forth, but the problem is, is that they're not actually in the trenches, right? So there's this guy who's done this amazing research about one thing, and I don't want to tip off who it is, so I'm not going to say who it is, but he's now going to get to go talk to the FTC in a couple of weeks about a completely different subject simply because he did some good, uh, third party research. And, and so without having a group like Simple that actually has that experience, uh, you're going to have a university professor that's very good at shepherding trying to make that uh, bread recipe, right? So uh, that's, that's, to me, the ramble that, uh, that I'd like to stop on. The, the, Dave, do you have any comments on that? Cause I know I do.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know what? I, it's rare. Here we are on a net neutrality-ish kind of discussion, and I think you and I are, are seeing eye to eye on the exact, you know, problem, which is, yes, we're reinforcing the exact same problem we happened before, and this is one of the things that I hate about net neutrality legislation, um, is exactly, Chris, what, what you pointed out there, is that we end up with shepherds trying to bake bread. But um, from, from the sounds of it, and more accurately, Shepard's not even baking bread. They're giving the instructions to somebody else on how to bake it, um, and that that is leading to a, a, exactly what uh, what our problems are here. And I think they're they're really really broad. And I think this this even earmarks. And, and I'd be interested in other people's conversation. I mean, we have four people who all understand uh, you know what's going on around us, and it's hard enough for us all to. <laughs> you know, come up to some consensus as to how this uh how this should be done.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're um we're closing in on the 2 minute mark. Um so I want to give our guests final words, but uh, before doing that I just want to say Chris, I absolutely support SEMPO getting involved in that way. I think it's a wonderful idea and any way that we can help, um we want to. But you, um Again, down down to the last 90 seconds. Uh, Michelle, priority issue for you that you really hope the government does or doesn't deal with this this session
4: i i still hope that broadband gets dealt with this time around this term because more people with access to broadband means more people for us to market and sell to
0: brilliant uh, chris uh we're down we're down to like um
3: Okay, my number seconds. one is cybersecurity. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh, we probably could talk about it a whole hour. As Absolutely. someone that has both uh, conservative and, and liberal points of view, I would say that I lean way left on cybersecurity, and I'm very concerned about any sort of snooping going on on my laptop, on my PC, on my work laptop, on my BlackBerry, anywhere that the government wants to stick its nose in. I'd rather kick its ass out of there. So that's uh, my <laughs> sort of top.
0: <laughs> okay, you know, I... I I wish that the uh, hour had more minutes in it than it does. Unfortunately, we only have 60 or so. We're down to our last 10 seconds. So um, Chris Bogues, uh, chair of Sempo and uh, head SEO over at Rosetta, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Michelle Simpson-Ross from Firestarter Media and Search Engine Journal, thank you so much for joining us. Um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 8th of November 2012. Stay tuned, friends. we got some amazing content coming up on the network after this.